This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Casey! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the East Coast Offense Podcast. This is Chris Liss. This podcast is sponsored by FanDuel. Don't miss a free fantasy basketball contest on FanDuel. You can win a trip to Brooklyn where you and a friend will be sitting courtside with Brandon Marshall to watch Golden State take on Brooklyn. Travel and airfare are included. In order to enter, go to FanDuel.com slash wire to play now. It's Chris Liss, the East Coast Offense Podcast host, along with Dalton Del Don of Yahoo Sports. What's going on, man? Anything happened in the last few days that was kind of a big deal to you? Oh, now you stole my joke. Uh, not much. Uh, I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I'm fine, man. Yeah, I mean, we're both Bernie guys, and I and I appreciate your stance on this stuff, but um, I, one of my closest friends voted for Donald Trump, but come on, this is still crazy, right? This is, this is insane, right? It, it's pretty amazingly crazy that we're in a world where Donald Trump is the president of the United States. I made this point in which uh, we woke up Tuesday morning, and uh, I believe most odds had it as like 70% Hillary was going to win. And I told my wife, that's like a, a, you know, a touchdown favorite in the NFL, which those upsets happen every single week. She's like, no, 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 no. this is much different. The, a ref can uh, influence that or uh, an injury can happen. And I said, well, there's a, quite a bit of a, you know, things can happen throughout the entire country. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on as far as how crazy of an upset, quote unquote, this was? Uh, I don't think it was an upset, actually. I think – what happened was you had a historically unpopular Democratic candidate who was the personification of establishment running in a populist election against uh, a person who was willing to make the populist case. And he did. And Hillary was fundraising in the Hamptons and in fancy areas, and she wasn't campaigning in some of the states that she just presumed she would win. And, they, and the media right. was totally... I don't know. I mean, my Facebook feed was like all this pro Hillary stuff, this I'm with her and it's going to be amazing. And everyone's so in denial. They they read the Atlantic and the new Republic and slate and salon and they don't, 
They have no idea. And then the other thing the Clinton campaign did, besides cheat Bernie out of the nomination, and I think he would have won easily, is easily, easily, uh, easily. And because all the pop people that all that populist sentiment that was he was running as a populist also, except one that was actually telling the truth and not scandal tainted and not reviled and popular and everything else. But what they did was not only did they lie and like make Bernie seem unelectable, but they also made it seem like if you voted for Trump or were willing to vote for Trump, you're a racist or a sexist. And I feel like when you demonize people for having a different political opinion than you, which is what they did, then um, people don't want to say their opinion. So a pollster calls and they say, you know, who are you voting for? And they either hang up or don't say or they say Hillary. And so what happened was this polling, I think, was underreporting the Trump support. Nate Silver actually comes across as the winner to me because I, I thought I, I'm curious your opinion, but his polling and everything was kind of all over the place. And he obviously got Trump super wrong to begin with. But he was the lowest among all the odds that I saw entering the election on the day of. And he kept saying, listen, these states are a lot of swing possibilities and it's extremely possible he wins. And I kind of, at the time, laughed it off, but ultimately I feel like he was right. And secondly, um, do you, I, I don't want to use the word secretly because we're on a podcast now, but are you kind of happy considering, you know, such a Bernie guy that this happened? I'm a, I've got some shade and Freud going on, right? Like I, right. <laughs> right. I, I feel like, you know, people, I've been tweeting a lot about it, you know, not like in your face, like, yeah, because I don't really feel like that. I'm also apprehensive about Donald Trump being president of the United States, like anyone else, but I, I do feel a little bit like people could say, well, just take it easy. Like people are very sore after this election. There's a lot of people crying and hurt feelings. And I'm thinking those Hillary fuckers didn't give me any of that when Bernie was out. They weren't like, oh, man, that's terrible. You know, this is like a legitimate progressive candidate. He's actually speaking to like ideals and things that you agree with, not this corporatist compromised agenda that that's probably just bullshit anyway. They didn't say, hey. God, that's really sad. You know, that's really too bad. That was a real chance for like a legitimate, honest person to get in. They were like, what are you stupid? He was never going to win. He was a socialist. He would have got killed. Don't be an idiot. You've got to vote for Hillary. You owe her your vote. A vote for Jill Stein's a vote for Trump. You know, all that shit. That's how they were. And now that they've lost, I have a little bit of shade in front. I'm a little bit like, yeah, you fucking idiots. You drove Bernie out. You cheated. And now you elected Trump. And they're all trying to blame the Trump voters. Never, ever blame the customer when the product doesn't sell <laughs> it, that's like how you that. go, that's how you go out of business and that in the democratic party as it was constituted is now bankrupt and out of business that's how you go out of business you blame the customer because your product's not selling you know what your product fucking sucked and you pushed it and people had a good product that other people liked and was polling better against trump decisively better much better in a populist election where people are discontent and you've ignored it. You drove him out. You cheated. You conspired with the DNC and then you mocked his supporters. And then instead of using Elizabeth Warren as the VP or somebody to like throw a bone and say, listen, I know you want to burn it. We're going to incorporate your stuff into this. They, they, uh, they chose corporatist Tim Kaine and said, here's the extra fuck you. Truth is the reason they lost isn't because Trump did well. He actually got a million less votes than Romney. The reason they lost is Hillary got 7 million less votes than Obama. That's why she lost. Nobody turned out for her. There was no enthusiasm. The signs were Trump signs. There were no Hillary signs. There were nobody at her rallies. She didn't campaign that much. Bernie had you know, arenas full of th tens of thousands of people coming to see him, and they drove him out of the race. 
So you got the candidate you deserved and you lost and you elected Trump. And it's not the Trump people are responsible. Those people had real grievances. And if you, if you read Michael Tracy's stuff, him talking to regular people, you'll see their rationale for picking Trump. It's the people who chose Hillary over Bernie. They are responsible for this, but they will never own it. They will blame Jill Stein, who had zero effect on the election. They'll blame James Comey for just basically telling the public what was going on. They'll blame WikiLeaks for exposing emails that were actually sent, you know, but that's not what happened. And it's not totally the people who voted for Hillary's fault either. It's those columns that the campaign paid for, the, the journalists that they owned, that they put all this propaganda out. A lot of people got fooled by it, and they should be angry, you know, but don't get angry at the messenger that tells you you got fooled. Be angry at the people who fooled you. Yeah, I mean, I, I've had multiple fantasy teams in the past named The Donald because, in an ironic way after watching. I've watched every episode of The Apprentice. It wasn't ironic. Still... Stop lying to the people, Dalton. Okay. All right. Fine. But um, I don't know. I still find this tough to believe that it happened. And um, I guess what, what 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 is your prediction as far as his uh, ability? Like how much influence can can he have or will he have? Well, unfortunately, Obama – Bush did it first, then Obama made the executive this crazy, powerful office, and nobody seemed to resist. Or to the extent they resisted, you know, they didn't do a very good job, and especially Obama, because of the Democrats who usually resist executive power, but they were like, he's on our team. So now there's huge amounts of surveillance built in. They can read your emails. They can do all this stuff. Snowden exposed some of it. There's the, obviously the assassination program. They can assassinate people via drone. The war on whistleblowers was insane uh with obama he prosecuted more people under the espionage act from like 1904 which barely applied than all the presidents combined before him so the president has awesome powers now he didn't used to but now he does thanks in large part to obama interesting i guess the one silver lining is uh marijuana is legal now in california so yes, that's, then, that's that's right that's right nice all right, we want to talk some football. We went three and two last week. Uh, thanks to me demanding to go with the Saints um, yeah. and uh, the the Bills uh, covered Monday. The Colts won outright. Um, we're on the right track. Let's keep it going. Yeah, what did we lose? We lost the Vikings, which was really a bad beat. And I can't even believe you were trying to give me shit on the XM show about that. That was that was truly low on your part. I know that we're so bad that you don't even uh, realize what picks we have, but we did not have the Vikings. We had the the Rams and the Titans were the two we lost. Not the Rams, oh, they, they pushed on ours, but I guess they must have lost on the, the Hilton one. Right. Okay, and the Titans. Who, oh, the Titans were doing fine until the two defensive touchdowns. <laughs> until those small things, right. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, I guess those are kind of important. All right, let's go over this week's picks. All right, let's do it. By the way, this is a cra- just an insanely crazy week. I mean, how? Uh, what night? All but two games within. Uh, I guess the San Diego is a four four point spread, but I mean, almost all are a field goal or less. Yeah. Well, when I did the survivor column, there's really four choices, and that's it. Like, there's you can't pick a two and a half point favorite as a survivor choice. All right, ready? Ready. Thursday night, Browns plus ten at Ravens. I made this line ten and a half. I always think with a short week, I like the favorite, and especially if it's a home favorite. But, you know, this is a divisional game. and Oh, I think that I'm positive that I'll be uh, very upset tonight because I'm making Baltimore my survivor pick because I've already used Arizona and New England. I made the Browns my best bet in just a super hope of, of, of jinxing. But, uh, yeah, the, the Browns could easily win this game. Come on. Well, the Ravens' D is not bad, and the Browns' D is awful. 
So it, and it's in Baltimore on a short week. The only thing one guy who uh, commented in my survivor column pointed out, which I thought was interesting, is the Ravens and Steelers played, and usually those games are physical wars, and so they're banged up afterward, and they only right. have four days to recover. And the Ravens are the oldest team in the league, and the Browns are the youngest team in the league. So the Ravens may be, you know, Thank a little you. sluggish. Yeah, even yeah. What do you what did you go with there? I took the Ravens. I made the line ten and a half. The actual line's ten. You know, you know no, no. Look at Vegas Insider right now. It's down to seven and a half. That's so crazy because when I, when I <laughs> so me taking the Ravens uh, minus ten is a little crazy when the market has it at seven and a half. But that's what it was when I looked at it. It was ten yesterday when I wrote it. No, up. it was. No, it, you're you're not you were not mistook, mis- mistaken. It was ten, but it's down to seven and a half. Yeah, I believe it. But I anyway, I, I took the Ravens. I'm not going to switch it. I. I just think these Thursday night games are ugly, and it's just one of those things where a bad team goes on the road on the short week. It gets away from I have 24-13 as the score. Okay, but far more importantly, there's nothing else I can do, right? If I've used New England and I've used Arizona, like what, what could I possibly switch to? You could do San Diego. That's the other option. San Diego, come on. You could, could do, you do it. That? What? Would you do that? No, I know you I told made the last Ravens. Week. I use the Ravens ahead of New England. I, I don't want to go against Seattle and Survivor with Russell Wilson looking healthy. Okay. I use the Ravens. I'm going against the Browns. Okay. All right. I'm going to keep it. Jim Harbaugh's a good coach. Uh, you know, they, they beat the crap out of the Steelers. I mean, they got a blocked punt, but. I believe it's John, but okay. Right. Yeah. John Harbaugh. Right. I said Jim. All right. We can move on from this one. You ready? Yep. Next. Texans minus one and a half at Jaguars. This is the line I said exactly. So I just took the Jaguars. The Texans, they've been pretty good against bad teams, but this is a road game. They're laying a couple points. I just think Jacksonville, with the new offensive coordinator, ran the ball a little bit better last week. I, I'm going to take Jacksonville. Hate both these teams. I took the, just the – um, this is actually going to be a very big theme. I've taken a lot of home teams this week. But, um, yeah, Jacksonville, why, why – I mean, why would I give any points with Houston on the road? They're, they're awful. Right. Okay. So Chiefs plus three at Panthers. I, I have a Panthers feeling on this, but I thought the line should be like a pick 'em, you know? Or, yes. But actually, it, um, or, or I actually had it at two. I, I initially thought it should be a pick 'em. Then I was like, eh, the Panthers are like, their their metrics are pretty good. I'll make a Chiefs plus two. And then they were the full three, as if these are equal teams. And I do feel a sort of a contrarian Panthers feeling, but I just think like value wise. The Chiefs are better than the Panthers. I, if I'm getting the full three, I got to take them. Yeah, that's actually a good point about contrarian because why would anyone give three points with how Carolina's played this season? But uh, I can't not take three points with KC, who's just always so solid across the board. So I took the Chiefs without hesitation. Yeah, I mean, it was an obvious pick, but I think what it is is like those Massey Peabody sites. And again, like there's the whole analytics thing is really, the election was really uh, enlightening toward analytics. I feel like it's very dubious because people act like it's objective science, but there's assumptions that go into these things that are just sort of unstated assumptions of the people building the model. And you wonder. So anyway, um, but those sites do like the per play and play success rate and things like that. And the Panthers, I think, have way outperformed their record on those things. And that's why they're three-point favorites. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. What's next? Uh, Broncos plus two at Saints. Um, I set the line at two and a half, which I told, I gave myself permission. Like if it's two to two and a half or two to one and a half. It's so negligible that I'll just take the side I want. But in this case, I stuck to the, the method and I, I took the Saints because I have them as half point more than Vegas does. I just think Trevor Simeon kind of sucks. Kind of? Yeah, he kind of sucks. And 
he very much sucks if you prefer. But that's what I the, the you know the Broncos D is really good, but I think at home the Saints will score twenty twenty three points something like that, and that'll be enough to beat Simeon. So interestingly, across the board, it's up to three points. Um, and I, I, I don't know if that makes me feel better or worse, but I'm with you. I, I, I took the Saints on this. Uh, Denver is just not very good offensively. And uh, the Saints are the one of the three I, three or four best teams against the spread this year. I don't really care about that moving forward whatsoever. But at home, Denver cannot really produce offensively. And, again, this is up to three points right now. It's funny. The Vikings were 18-3 and against the spread over a 21-game stretch. They're 0-3 in their last three. And that's right when you bought into being that Vegas is missing something, right? <laughs> that's right. They were missing something about the Vikings, how amazing they were at certain aspects of the game, and I was incorrect. All right, Rams plus two at Jets. Again, I had this line of two and a half, so I guess I'd take the Jets, but that half point is so meaningless. It, it, I could have gone either way. Um, I just think both these teams suck. Jets are at home. I'll take the Jets. Same exact here. Home team, less than a field goal. What, what what else? What other analysis can you say about this? Like Jeff right. Fisher is good. It's a over under of thirty nine and a half points. I mean, I just would would side with the home team. It'll be like turnovers or Tavon Austin. Will get, I, I'm sure the Rams will cover now. That, now that I'm feeling, I, like right. Tavon Austin will get a return touchdown or something to win it. It'll, it's going to be garbage. Whatever it is, it's not going to be like legitimate back and forth. Who's better? Okay, Falcons pick them at Eagles, and the Falcons went to Seattle. They went to Denver, and Matt Ryan was fine. So I think he's going to be fine in Philly, and if that's the case, then I don't think it's going to be a real contest because I don't think the Eagles' offense is very good. And I took – not that it's not going to be a contest, but that I prefer to have this super efficient offense that's faced down tougher defenses than this going against the Eagles. So I, I took the Falcons. Yeah, I, I, I went with the home team here with the Eagles, and I think Carson Wentz will be an interesting play in, in DFS. He's super cheap. Falcons have allowed the most fancy points to opposing quarterbacks. Um, Jordan Matthews, uh, finally Zach Ertz awoke last week. So I'm going with the home team and the over-under of uh, 50 points. But, yeah, who knows? Again, a total coin flip. I mean, these are all pickums basically. Yep. All right, Vikings plus three at Redskins. I was kind of back and forth on this. I had sort of a Minnesota feeling, but I, I took the Redskins. I think Minnesota's D has been – exposed a little bit as being good but not great and the Redskins have a lot of offensive diversity so I took uh I took Washington yeah Kirk Cousins is really good at home um but this you're right in the fact that Washington I mean that Minnesota is kind of like due to bounce back so but I don't know I feel like Washington at home is is the right side to be on Packers minus two and a half at Titans I set the line at one and a half so I should be on the Titans but I switched to the Packers I remember the Atlanta game where the Packers almost beat the Falcons in Atlanta. And even though I think there's something wrong and why is Aaron Rodgers have six points something YPA every game, I think they're going to get it done against the Titans. So I, I took Green Bay. Oh, man, you're probably totally right on this. I, and I expected you to fully take Tennessee. Tennessee's defense is actually not that bad. And uh, they Mariota, I just feel like he can be okay at home. And I just keep... I want to. Uh, how, what happened last week at home against the Colts? How how did that game happen? Explain that to me. Yeah, I mean Green Bay's offense is weird. They don't make big plays a lot. The Colt Andrew Luck's really good. I don't really know exactly how. Oh, there was a kick return to start the game too for a TD. But yeah, still the like, Packers didn't really move the ball. But I think they will in Tennessee. I think they'll be okay. I, I just I just think they're going to win this game. The Packers. 
They're certainly uh, due to, but I took Tennessee uh, as the home dog. Okay. Bears pick them at Bucks. I had this line at three. I just thought these teams were, like, equal. And then I was surprised to see the Bears considered the better team. I mean, I know Tampa's bad, but still, I took the Bucks. Yeah, across the board right now, the Bears are actually favored by a point. Um, but I took Tampa Bay at home. Uh, the Bears actually have the sneaky, sneakily really decent defense this season. And, I don't know, Cutler to, I guess, Jeff, uh, you know, Alshon Jeffrey is going to be a good fantasy player now because Cutler will just feed him the ball. But totally agree with you. I took, I took Tampa Bay at home. Okay, Dolphins plus three and a half at Chargers. This is my best bet. I, I thought this oh, line should have been. I thought this line should have been six. I mean, the Chargers are decent. The Dolphins are. They were like the doormat of the league. Then they won at home against Pittsburgh, which I, which was easy to see coming. Pittsburgh so bad on the road, and they beat the Jets. I mean, I don't really see much. The Dolphins are still kind of crappy, and they got a bad quarterback. It's Chargers at home. I, I, I think this is one of the easiest calls of the week. Yeah, interesting. Um, it's lather, rinse, repeat for me as far as San Diego, as far as uh, if they're favored, I, I usually fade them. And it's more than a field goal here. I don't do not think the Dolphins are a doormat, so uh, I took the points, actually. All right, Jay Ajayi has made them a little bit better. Um, so good. Yeah, how good is – where would you take him if you started a fantasy I mean, draft? Now? You know, it depends what format, but in, like, the NFFC, I'd probably take him, like, late first, early second. Oh, that's yeah. That's not even that aggressive. Yeah, I could see him as a top five pick. Well, no, come on. I mean, you got to get you know. You got to name, name good name good players. Like there's not even there aren't even good receivers. Well, I mean, in a three receiver in a flex league, you're still taking Beckham, Julio, and Antonio Brown over him, right? And probably AJ Green. Yes. And, probably, and maybe Mike Evans. That's five. You know, those five receivers, and you got to take David Johnson probably first overall. First. Le'Veon yeah. Bell probably is up there. So that's seven. Zeke Elliott, I'd probably take ahead of him just because the setup is so good, even though he doesn't catch passes. So that's eight. And then you look at guys like DeMarco Murray and Melvin Gordon, who are right there. I'd probably take ahead Melvin of him, too. Melvin Gordon. So what, what, what do we make of Melvin Gordon? Uh, Melvin of? Gordon's a stud. I mean, look, I thought he was terrible, and he, his track record was bad. But, I, man, I watched those games. He's running people over. He's fast. He's catching passes. He's on a good team. He's the only game in town. I don't know what else I know, to say. I know, how crazy is it that he was just scoring, he was not just, but scoring touchdowns, had not had a single game in which he got 4.4 yards per carry, and in the last two weeks he's, whatever, totaled 400 yards or something. So how, how do you, like, even in any way describe that as far as because, because it's just, I don't know. Running back you'd think you know, right, because – you would see a talented guy in the tough situation rather than a scrub fumbling the ball and not breaking tackles. But, you know, maybe his microfracture thing took a while to get back from. Maybe he they, – they did change the, change it up. Jeff was pointing out they put a fullback in front of him, which is what he had at Wisconsin that made him successful. So maybe he, that helped him read the hole better or do something better. I don't know. But um, I do know the guy's legit now, and he would be a first-round pick for sure if we were to draft the rest of the way, I think. Yeah, I think he's on pace for like 20 touchdowns. What also do you make of uh, just running back in general in the NFL? Does it matter to you more than it once did? I know everyone wants to use the word fungible, but, man, I, I, I watched Ezekiel Elliott, and I'm like, there are a lot of bust cornerbacks taken early in drafts. It just seems to me that maybe that running back position is overly criticized as far as uh, the, the draft and, and the importance of it in the NFL. Well, I mean, look, it's super important for your fantasy team to have good running backs. The question was, how predictable is it, right? If I, if you had a kicker 
that scored 300 points, you know, that would be super important too. It's just the problem is kickers are not only usually bunched up in their scoring, but it's hard to predict which one's going to be the best on a given year. No, but I meant real life. I meant real life. Not oh, famous. in real life. Um, yes. It matters to have a great one. I, I think there's only a few great ones. I think a lot of, you know, is Ezekiel Elliott a great back? Maybe. Put, I don't know, someone decent back there. Put, you know, C.J. Anderson healthy in the Dallas backfield. You know, maybe he's a monster. Put. Yeah, maybe. Put but whatever. Jeremy Hill in the Dallas backfield or Gio Bernard or whoever. I mean, he's probably a monster. Maybe that's true. But also, like, why does everyone not talk, criticize different positions in the league getting being busts in the in real life NFL drafts? I mean, he, it, I don't know. I feel like he's. Well, I think QB, QB is the is the worst. I mean, QB is like they have no idea what they're doing. There's so many early round picks that are terrible. But they do it because the upside, right? It's like you need to have a franchise QB. So they, they gamble on the upside even though there's such a high fail rate because quarterback is not a scouty position. It's not about arm strength and speed and size. It's about decision-making and accuracy and accuracy under Remember pressure. Remember our Bradford and Sue uh, argument years ago? Yep. You can see that I'm correct now. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess All so. All you assholes were so sure of yourselves. <laughs> Just like no, no, so sure, I wasn't so sure. sure. People I, were so I, sure uh, that Hillary Clinton was going to be president. Oh, okay, is Sue good? Is Sue that good? He's, he's pretty okay. good. You know, I mean, he's Pro Bowl or Pro Bowl level every year, at least. If yeah, I guess he tries. Players. When he tries, I guess. Yeah. Well, Bradford's, you know, when he's healthy. <laughs> Even when he tries. Even when he's healthy. Yeah. Terrible. All right. So. All right. What's that? Forty Niners plus thirteen and a half at Cardinals. This is where I made the line. It's so funny to make a weird line, like 13 and a half. It's huge. And then you see the Vegas put it in exactly the same place you did. I had to take the Cardinals, man. I think I'd have to go to like 30 before I, <laughs> I take the Niners. It's just, I know it's probably trappy and I'm wrong, but it just seems matchup wise. David Johnson's going to just go crazy. And the Cardinals D at home is going to give the Niners offense problems. Yeah, why would any? How could anyone take Arizona in this? I don't. I mean, I almost made this my best bet. Uh, I, I last week I made New Orleans my best bet. The 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 49ers just have the worst defense in recent memories. So this should. I, I don't even like the Cardinals at, what, at all. How, how many points would it, would it have to be for you to take the Niners? More than the four. So like so seventeen and a half. I'll say it, it would have to be four four more. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. Let's well, say so we're on the same page. Uh, Cowboys plus two and a half at Steelers. Everyone took the Steelers in the staff picks. I almost, like, my line was two, so it was two and a half, so I should have taken the Cowboys, but I just have a Steelers feeling. Dallas, to me, has a really high floor, and I screwed up taking them against, uh, taking the Browns against them because that's the exact type of team Dallas is going to crush because they have such a high floor. And when you have a high floor and you're playing a doormat, you really can't go wrong. You're going to cover just by showing up. But the question about Dallas, whether they're going to win the Super Bowl or be a Super Bowl contender, is what's their ceiling? And I think that they may beat the Steelers. I mean, obviously this, was, this is going to be a good game, but the Steelers are better at home, and I think the Steelers are going to expose where the Cowboys are a little weaker. I think Lev Bell, if I were doing DFS, Lev Bell would be on all my teams. I think he's going to have a huge game. And, uh, and I think the Cowboys' offense, which is used to clogging up the clock and going slowly down the field, you know, maybe in a situation where they have to throw and hurry it up. And I think they're going to score points too, but I think the Steelers win you know, by somewhere between three and seven. Guess how many fantasy points uh, the Cowboys have allowed uh, against opposing running backs, you know, on a one through 32 basis. Um, they are the fourth toughest. Lowest. 
literally the lowest. Yeah. Well, I think part of that is because they slow the game down so much, right? So the other teams aren't getting a lot of snaps. So that really hurts fantasy production on the other side. But even so, I think it's going to be a little bit different. I think the Steelers are going to be able to score quickly. And Dallas, you know, they're going to drive slowly. And if they have to punt, Steelers score quickly again. And then Dallas isn't going to want to play that style anymore. You know, that could be a contrarian play for sure because I'm guessing because of that, people will fade Bell. Um, yeah, I just took the home team less than a field goal. Uh, Big Ben, I assume, will be healthier. So I, this is a possible Super Bowl matchup other than, you know, New England being the best team ever, uh, or certainly by far this year, I mean. And Dallas could be the representative of the NFC for sure, but I took the the Steelers. How funny that Bill Belichick wrote a letter uh, uh, supporting Trump. Uh, <laughs> How funny is that? I just think that is Pretty just so funny. Like, I would, so weird, right? It's just so funny. Like, you know, you think of Belichick. I was thinking about this. Like, is he, like, a good person, a good man, but he knows the media is out to sensationalize everything and the NFL's corrupt, and so he just keeps it real close to the vest, and he's real disdainful of all these access-seeking assholes, like asking him stupid questions and trying to distract his team. But privately, he's a good man, a great leader, you know, is respected and loved by his players, does what's necessary to turn them into winners and better men, right? That's, like, one narrative that you could think of. But the other right. narrative is he's just like a mob boss, right? Like a, a, a very effective mob boss, like a Tony Soprano, who will cheat, steal, do whatever they have to do to get what they need to get, you know? And so the so obviously, like, Tony Soprano would be supporting Trump, of course, right? Like, it's not even – there's just no doubt that he'd be, like, probably friends with Trump, you know, from, like, some racket the two were doing in New Jersey. And I think, like, in that sense, like – is is Belichick, you know, is that all these scandals, like the cheating, the, the filming, the deflate gate, that he's just like whatever it takes. He's basically a mob boss. Which which do you think, if either, is an accurate depiction of Belichick? I like that take. I like the latter. I like the mob Tony boss. Tony Soprano, take. like like yeah. like he's he's charismatic and like really smart and knows what he's doing, but there's no it's just all about getting theirs. There's no ethics involved whatsoever. Absolutely. And speaking of which, I, this is the one game I switched before I sent you in my staff picks this week. I'm like, screw it. I'm not going to be against New England. I know the easy, the, the funny narrative is prime time and, you know, watching it in a night game. But Seattle almost lost to the Bills, who are kind of actually a pretty decent team. And Tyrod Taylor, wow. How good is Tyrod Taylor, by the way? Really good. good. NFL. He is good. I feel good so, about myself. I went on a Bills uh, radio station a couple weeks ago. And they were complaining about Taylor. And I said, you know, I think this guy's good. He's just in a real tough situation. And they're like, wow, the fans don't agree with you. Uh, yeah, well, imagine if he had Sammy Watkins healthy, too. I mean, it's yeah, I think just. He, I think he's really good. Um, but, but anyway, I have New England covering this. Okay. I, I think seven and a half is too high. It, it, Russell Wilson, here's the point I made in the XM show today, is that if you look at the greatest quarterbacks of all time, like the Brady's and Peyton in his prime and Breeze and Favre and all those guys, the type of shit they do is go into a place like this and win. Or, may, or play a great game and keep it close. Like, that's what the all-time greats do. They go into a place where you don't win, and they do it. Um, and I think Russell Wilson, when healthy, is one of those guys, one of those all-time guys. It's been like four years now. I mean, he's coming to the league every year. He's been one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and they've turned him loose more. Now Jimmy Graham's healthy. I think he's – it depends. And we'll see how healthy he actually is. But if he's really actually back, no way am I laying more than a touchdown. Yeah, I get you. I, I feel very dumb – Usually, when when you lay, uh, you know, when you go against the Patriots against the spread, you usually feel end up feeling down. Usually, you usually lose. But the see, this is a big line against a a team that it's a no, pretty big line. I don't know one point in Seattle. Like, what would you make of that? 
What do you mean one point in Seattle? Oh, I, if, oh, I see. One and a half points in Seattle would be the the switch. right. Yeah, they're favored in Seattle. I mean, that that's pretty extreme. And yeah, I, I mean, would you be surprised at all? If Seattle went on a run and you know made it to the Super Bowl in the NFC. No, because they're always better in the second half. Whatever that means, right. I would not at all. I would not at all. But and, man, New England is just—they're just tough. They're good, but they also are really good against teams that make a lot of mistakes. You know, they really know how to find the weakness. And Seattle's a pretty sharp team, pretty prepared. I'm almost ready to take New England versus the field. <laughs> you want to do that? I'll, I'll. No, I said almost ready. That that would be a dumb bet. That would be a bad bet. You should close. be getting at least three and a half to one or something like that. Right. 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 I don't know what the real odds are, but I'll tell you what. I'll bet you separately on this game. Oh, this okay? Um, no, because this is the one I, I switched. This no, I don't. Okay. I, this is the kind you of a coward. Concept. I made Jeff. I made Jeff bet the Seahawks, the uh, the Giants Bengals game, and you know what? He made the Giants his best bet. But I made him bet on the Bengals on the air for twenty bucks, just because like it's twenty bucks and it's his team. We only he, he only plays my team every four years. So it's like, how can you not bet at least twenty bucks? And so I made him take the Bengals. How funny that means, is that? That makes me feel less confident in taking the Giants because like he right it's certainly so, going to lose now. Of course. All right. So uh, you like the Seahawks? I like. I mean, I like the Seahawks. You like the Patriots, and you're too cowardly to bet on what you like. That's where we're going to leave us. Okay. And I'm taking the Giants in Monday Night Football, and now I'm less convinced about that because of your, uh, you know, forcing Erickson to do to do that. As a, as I, I, I strong armed him into do it. I, I really, I like browbeat him on the air until he just said, "Fine, we'll do it." Right. Okay. So, what, do you have any uh, actual X's and O's thoughts on that game, or is it just kind of like me at home Monday night? This is a toss-up. Yeah, what, these I, are equal teams. The Giants are laying less than three. That's why. That's all I got. It, and I think the Giants get out to a lead, or that maybe they don't, depending on what McAdoo does. And then if they, if even if they do get out to a lead, McAdoo will go into a shell. Bengals will catch up, and it'll just be like that Eagles game. You know, that Eagles game was just such a pile of shit. It was like either team could have won. No one really wanted to. There were mistakes and turnovers and. It was just a stupid game, right? And so I think this is going to be like that. That's that's a McAdoo game. He's got a lot of talent. He doesn't know what to do. Anybody can win. And it's tough to mess up though when it's a pick 'em, you know, as far as the spread goes. That's that. Well, the spread's uh, two and a half that I had, but yeah, it was. It actually went down to like one now or something. Yeah, it's basically a pick 'em now. But again, right. one of the many that are less than a field goal, fewer than a field goal. So what what are we going with? Because I I couldn't tell you. Okay, I'll tell you what I what I would go with. I'd go with the Falcons. Okay. Over the Eagles, I would go with the Dol- uh, the Chargers over the Dolphins, and I would go with the Steelers over the Cowboys. Those would be my three, and and the Seahawks would be four. That's funny because those are so so two th- actually three of those are against my picks. Um, yeah, I, I feel like this is a week we need to talk later. This is going to be tough. Just uh, fucking make some picks. You pick. You want to pick three? I don't care. You pick three. I'll okay, pick. Okay, I, I I think the. Uh, the, well, the Browns are going to cover tonight, and the uh, the Cardinals are going to kill the Niners. Okay, so you're taking the Browns and the Cardinals. Yes. And you're only taking the Browns. You're, you're throwing me under the bus. You're, you're taking the Browns to jinx yourself into the Survivor win. That's the hope, yes. No, no, no. That's not a good enough reason. Come on. No, no. I think they, they – I, I guess their actual uh, record against the spread is poor this oh. year, but All I right, do not fine, expect – Fine, Take the Browns. I don't give a shit. Okay, so the teams we're taking, we're taking the Falcons – we're taking the Chargers, and we're taking the Seahawks. No, no, sorry. We're taking – screw the Falcons. We'll take the Chargers, Steelers, and Seahawks. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. You good with that? I'm good. 
Got anything else to say? No, not not too much. Uh, I think we pontificated enough about politics beforehand. Uh, I still can't believe Donald Trump is the president of the United States. It is a crazy, surreal thing. I saw one tweet. No, maybe my friend on Facebook. There's somebody who uh, made some LSD tabs with Trump faces with the hair on them. I think that's what it's kind of like, right? We're, we're in the acid, the Trump acid trip. Like it doesn't seem. Did you get in some crazy uh, uh, back and forth on Twitter at all recently? I, I feel like you have. I maybe some people. Most people just agree. Nobody's really saying shit. I think a lot of the people who are the real pro, pro Clinton people have all muted me by now or unfollowed. You know. Yeah. They, they don't want a piece of this. They don't want it. They don't want it. Uh, it's just they don't. They, they they're not listening to me anymore. They're done. They tune me out. I was gonna say, um, oh Andrew Martinez. I should have responded to this, but he had a good tweet. He he wrote, uh, "Are we in a, are we in an episode of Black Mirror? Like when it was when it started to turn and Trump started to win?" He said, "Are we? Because it's a little bit like that." Oh my! I have a close friend, Robbie, uh, who said the same thing. That was my favorite, least favorite episode of Black Mirror. Happened last night. He tweeted a, a group. That's text. a good tweet. I like that. That's a good one. <laughs> my least favorite episode of Black Mirror because because I'm in it in real life. Yep. yep. Uh, did so you see the rest of the Black Mirrors, by the way? I'm still too behind. I, uh, I heard such... one of them. Not... I know. I know. I know. All right. Well, we'll have to talk about that next time then. For sure. For sure. All right. All right, man. Take it easy. All right. Later, let's. This podcast is sponsored by FanDuel. Don't miss this free fantasy basketball contest on FanDuel. You can win a trip to Brooklyn where you and a friend will be sitting courtside with Brandon Marshall to watch Golden State take on Brooklyn. Travel and airfare are included. Go to FanDuel.com slash wire to play now. They're going to kill the love of my life. If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13.